Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hey, it's us, Worldview Media Podcast. We're broadcasting live from our studio that we just built out of sticks in the forest. <laughs> in our crazy clothes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but good running shoes. It's the Worldview Media Podcast. And you'll never guess what we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have fun before we get to the badness. Though. <laughs> This is the most frivolous podcast on the Reconstructionist Radio Network, which otherwise is your one-stop shop for all your dominionizing <laughs> needs. Uh, I'm your host, Gordon Runyon. This is my wife, Joyce. Hello. We are happy that you joined us today, and we are going to talk about a movie that appeared on PBS on Masterpiece. Is that what it's called, or That's is it called. Masterpiece Theater? I think it's Masterpiece Theater. And Usually, really good quality. We kind of like British Masterpiece Theater most yeah. of the time. This movie is called The Child in Time, mm -hmm. starring Doctor Strange. Benedict, my old pal Ben. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. And... By saying that name out loud, I've just mentioned the best thing about the movie. <laughs> he really did very well. In this movie, Benedict Cumberbatch is the man in terms of acting. Yeah. I just thought he was amazing. Uh, and the way I knew he was amazing is because I didn't realize it. You know, I was just sucked in to mm. his stuff and what was going on with him 
And after a while, I just had to step back and say, wow, you just really drew me in there. <laughs> How much did they pay him? <laughs> yeah, right. And so Benedict Cumberbatch, it was Benedict Cumberbatch, more wine. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had more wine <laughs> watching that. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch, star of the BBC series Sherlock. Mm-hmm. And Another also, nice, fun program get yeah, to watch. Academy Award winner for uh, The Imitation Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has done some good stuff. And he's also Doctor Strange in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He plays a writer. Is he a children's story mm-hmm. writer? Yes. And horrific thing happens that everybody who has a child, uh, worst nightmare he looks away from his three-year-old daughter. She's four. She's four. Yeah. She's looking at a book at the grocery store while he's checking out. Mm-hmm. And he looks away for a moment. And when he looks back, she's gone. Gone. And she is gone forever. Gone, From gone, that gone. point. Yeah. They never hear anything else about yeah. her after that. Now. As long as we watch the movie. <laughs> right. So it turns out that the whole movie then is kind of documenting how terrible this whole thing proved to be and how it winds up destroying his marriage Mm -hmm. and uh, he's apparently drinking a lot. Yeah, he's probably writing, he's probably gotten not so well. Right, he can't write anything anymore. Has crazy friends. You can't right. write things either. <laughs> and so, right as soon as you stop talking about Benedict Cumberbatch and his acting, mm-hmm. I think everything goes downhill in this. <laughs> it is a weird. It's a weird little thing they put together. <laughs> I really feel like the movie. I said at one point when we were watching it, I said. This is the saddest movie in the history of sad movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's just because I'm a dad who raised the little girls. And every once in a while, they do kind of just manage to walk around the corner and they're not there. Yeah, out of your when sight. you looked around. And, and uh, man, it's, it's terrible. It's scary and mm-hmm. frightening, terrifying. And... and this is the worst thing that could possibly happen. And you just really feel that pain through the whole movie, or I did anyway. Yeah. And so in that, if that's what the movie was trying to accomplish, then, you know, good job. I'll give the little golf clap <laughs> for that, you know. Uh, but I think what we couldn't stand about it mm-hmm. is that it's a movie without a conclusion and and there are ridiculous things that happen mm-hmm. that have zero explanation. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a friend who was his publisher. Who worked with the government. Right. In the government. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Was it a government publishing company? <sighs> he had a position on some board or I don't know. So anyway... Uh, Benedict's friend retires, mm-hmm. moves out to the country, and goes bonkers. Yeah. 
He really did crazy. build stuff out of sticks. Right. <laughs> he really did build his own man cave out in the woods out of sticks. Yeah. And and eventually winds up killing himself mm-hmm. with no explanation, mm-hmm. no reason. And who is it that finds him? Dear old Benedict. Right. Yeah. And this is the subplot to yeah. the story. That's one. And it means nothing. Yeah. It's never There's no explained. explanation, yeah. And even figuring out how that's supposed to be at all connected to the main story. Well, there's legislation going on with books for kids, and what do we do? Do we endorse books for kids? And I guess the the guy, his friend, wrote the the however many pages of documented evidence that this is what we need to do as a government. We need to support this thing and not this thing, and... Apparently he felt really bad about doing that. I don't know, but it's just it's just kind of floating. You kind of have to pick these things up, and um, you know, we were complaining to Carmen about how we hated this, <laughs> how we hated it, <laughs> how we didn't really like what we had seen, and she said, "Oh, it's one of those where you just walk in and things are happening, and then you just it ends, and it's just like you're just walking out of somebody's life, and it's just." That's just what life is. And, you know, you encounter people in your path along the way and step in and step right. out and you don't really know anything about them. And I was like, well, that's a terrible thing <laughs> for a book. <laughs> well, I remember reading about that back in the 80s, taking writing classes that for a long time there have been these experimental novels. Mm-hmm. And I think they're even called that, or they were, where... Some academics and scholars somewhere decided <laughs> decided that mm-hmm. for a novel to actually have a plot, you know, that's so that's so bourgeois and and uh, droll. <laughs> yeah, this has been done before. We a need to get, we need to we need to get beyond the plot and just. And I felt like that was maybe kind of what they did is that. They want to bring you in for a moment to have you experience what the characters are experiencing. But the whole theory is that rarely in your life do you find Act 1, Act 2, and Act 3 with a conclusion that's satisfying. And rarely are all the mm. questions answered and the loose yeah. ends tied up. And, and so they just don't even attempt anything like that. They just kind of end in the middle and... With nothing resolved and nothing answered. And my vote is <laughs> Boo. that that's a horrible way. <laughs> you can't even call that telling a story because a story, you know, a story goes somewhere. Yeah. It begins here, there's development, there's an arc, mm-hmm. and it ends. And this was not that. No, it was not that. So if you're going to watch this movie, be prepared. The child. In time, a child, the child in time. Yes. Wow, it's a it's a heart wrenching thing. But part of why it's heart wrenching is because you're rooting for the guy, mm-hmm. and and you're rooting for the girl. Mm-hmm. You want to hold out hope that maybe she really can be found, and yeah. And then, who knows? Suddenly, it's just. Well, we're not doing that anymore. And roll credits. <laughs> you know. You're like, uh, wait, just a minute here. How? What? <laughs> so. 
right? I don't know. Did you have any? Did you have anything else she wanted to pile on top of this? Well, even in trying to do what you said, where you just kind of step in, go along the path for a little while, and then just keep going, <laughs> it was just really disjointed. There was a lot of flashbacks, uh, yeah. and so you're like, uh, "Where am I in time? And why are we? Are we flashing back? Are we flashing forward? What's happening here?" And so some of that disjointedness didn't enhance it for me as well as as well as the weird story about not knowing who they are and thinking, oh, I'm going to get to know these people. And you're like, well, maybe not. <laughs> right. I don't know anything. Well, both Russ Dooney in his book, Flight from Humanity, and also Francis Schaeffer in his book, How Shall We Then Live? They both kind of point out that once art becomes disconnected from a Christian worldview, mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of inevitably arrive at a place where the artists begin to think that true art has to be a rebellion against reality. That you haven't been a true artist by reflecting reality, but but the true artist is one who rebels against it. And this is where mm. you come up with the, you know, triangle art and stuff yeah. like and it splashes of paint mm-hmm. randomly that's supposed to be art. And and it really becomes a hatred of the created world. And we're going to express this through As many creations that are just <laughs> absurd. Yeah. And they're absurd on purpose. Mm-hmm. And supposedly that's very sophisticated. And is going to break everybody out of their kind of caveman sensibilities. And we're going to... Be enlightened. You're right. We're going yeah. to enlighten you. And I almost felt like some of that was going on. But... You know, in in professional wrestling, you have, <laughs> you have you have the gimmick called the heel turn, where a guy who was a good guy suddenly becomes a bad guy yeah. and beats up all the good guys, yeah. and now you really hate him because you what liked him you? before. Yeah. Well, the makers of this movie do a heel turn right at the very end. You know, they're drawing you in, and you're in this story, and. And you're ready to go along with wherever they're going to take you. And right at the end, they just say, no, we're not going to finish this story. And roll credits. And wasn't that an amazing thing, you know? Yeah. Well, and if you read what PBS says about this, don't believe it. Right. <laughs> well, let's see. Here's... Here's how PBS advertises the movie. They say, with tenderness and insight... The film explores the dark territory of a marriage devastated by the loss of a child. Kate's absence sets Stephen and his wife on diverging paths as both struggle with an all-consuming grief. With the passage of time, a balance of sorts returns until hope surfaces and triumphs unexpectedly. And that last line is total lies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it as close as they feel like they can get to actual hope or triumph? I I didn't see hope or triumph in there, did you? No. Not by my definition. (laughs) Not by a Christian definition. Continuation of time, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I don't know. No, it was was bad. Benedict Cumberbatch gets an A-plus for me for the acting well, and he's, he really does carry it. You know, you don't see a lot of his wife, um, the little girl that plays 
their daughter. Don't see her. You know, she's yeah. in and out just like laughing and being somewhere because that's what she did. Uh, you see his crazy friend somewhat and his wife who's dealing as well as she can with her husband who's gone off the deep end and who else is there? I guess there's his parents but you know he he's really the the main stay throughout the whole thing and everybody else you just you know, they flash oh, on right, and off right. and here they are okay now they're gone and um Hmm. (laughs) right Right. and just a testimony to the fact that probably everybody making this movie at heart really believes that all things are meaningless don't you think that has to be how could you make a movie like that if you thought there was actually such a thing as real hope and real triumph because what they showed was neither one of those well, in the end, I guess he's kind of back together with his wife. I guess they were still married the whole time. They were just separated yeah. and not living yeah. together. Right. And I guess, you know, things continue on for them with... <laughs> yeah, it's really baffling. Because... Doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It, it would have seemed like we were going to call him at that point. Why not prior? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're not going to say something before, why do you say it at the end? Yeah, they've got a they've got a baby coming right at the end. Well, he doesn't find her out until she says, uh, "I'm at the hospital. Don't yeah. worry, I'm okay, but I'd like you to come and." I guess he knows the wing is the maternity wing, and so he's, like, taking off flying out there. Right. But, really, you don't want him there for the whole rest of the time? You're yeah. just going to have him show up at the end? Right. I don't know. I don't know. Right. <laughs> well, there was, another, there was another part trying to discern the worldview of the makers. Uh, they do... See, here's the thing that irritated me, is it's called The Child in Time, Mm -hmm. and not knowing anything about the movie, you realize early on that both the father and the mother of the missing child begin to see her in different places. They get glimpses of her, and and she walks away, and, and it's called The Child in Time, and they're kind of having these flashbacks and stuff, but they're seeing her around, they're just not able to... Or hear her voice or whatever, yeah. And I thought there was some kind of science fiction thing going on. (laughs) Did you? For a little while? Well, they had the one crazy guy. It's completely possible. (laughs) Right. There's a government weird thing going on. I thought maybe there was something like that. But then toward the end of the movie, uh, Cumberbatch's movie mom Mm -hmm. has weirdness to say to him about you know, before you were born, I was, you know, I was pregnant with you, but we were at this place and I saw a little boy and I knew it was you. Mm -hmm. Now, the boy is in her womb at the time, Mm -hmm. but she sees uh, an actual person, grown, more grown boy over here. And, but you see that when he, and that's weird because he's actually going to meet 
his wife, estranged wife somewhere, and he looks in this one pub place, and he's like, it seems familiar. Is that his mom that he sees? That's what I'm thinking, because she doesn't look like she's in the right time. She's right, dressed so there weird, does... her hair is weird, but he's current time. <laughs> right, so they do have, <laughs> they do have, in the words of Doctor Who, they do kind of have a weird timey-wimey the thing going on. For, yeah. But it's just a little bit. And nobody ever explains it. No. Nope. Nobody ever talks about it. They just and say, oh, yes. This is just how I feel. I felt that that boy I saw was you. And I knew everything was going to be good. Whatever. Uh, well, uh, Francis Schaefer said that when men remove the knowledge of God from their, from their view... Mm-hmm. They can't get rid of it. All they can do is suppress the truth, according to Romans 1. Yeah. They hold down the truth in all unrighteousness. But when men do that, the truth finds ways to sneak up. Mm-hmm. And You can only do so much for so long. Right. And that, and that men are generally not capable of living consistently without having the reality of God in their lives. Mm-hmm. And he said what, what they wind up doing then... <laughs> is trumpeting loudly how they don't believe in God or any spiritual thing, but they'll be really into their horoscope or something, or yeah. they'll visit a they'll visit a fortune teller or yeah. something like that, and and that. So as these men are talking about how how uh, enlightened and secular they are. The more they do that, the more they become susceptible to what Schaefer called these flights of non-reason. They want everybody to know about how they think reasonably and rationally. But over here, they've taken a... There's nothing. (laughs) Right, they've taken a completely unwarranted leap into what he called the realm of Mm non-reason. And just because men were not made to live in that second story, that that lower story exclusively that there is this upper story and there's just trouble involved with denying that. And I kind of felt like that little interlude in the movie represented that kind of thing in this movie. That's all darkness and sadness with, mm-hmm. uh, with no real hope and no real triumph. Mm-hmm. We're going to have this stupid story about, the mom who thinks she saw a more grown version of the boy that was currently in her womb when she mm-hmm. saw him. And, and then something similar happens to him. And he kind of feels like he saw her. Uh, but as he's going to the hospital <laughs> then, there's the other scene where the kid was sitting across from him on a seat. Oh, and he and, felt like that was well, his Well, they new... kind of smiled at each other and, and then he looked away. And then he looked back, and the kid was no longer there. Oh, was that his new kid? Well, that was the kid that was just yeah. being born? Yeah. Oh, I'll see. That's that. what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Well, you may be right. <laughs> and so then it makes sense that his mom said, oh, and this happened to me. And then here this is happening to him. But nothing's ever resolved no. with Kate. They no. never find out anything. No, they don't. And the the weird friend... Yeah. Who's got the government surveilling him mm. and trying to figure out what he's doing. Yeah, and, what's going on there. And he commits suicide, but is it really suicide? Did the government kill him? And uh, yeah, none know. of that is ever explained. No. That was so irritating. <laughs> and 
Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, we watched this bad movie because it had Benedict Cumberbatch in it. Because I expected more from Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and normally, they fulfill the bill, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a quality thing. It's a good story. Usually, it's, it's classic. And this was just not. Not. <laughs> right. So, we felt bad about having wasted that time watching it. So, but we thought... Put it to use. Right. <laughs> we'll redeem it by podcasting about it. So I don't know where you can find this. I don't know if you can. You can find it online. My advice is don't go looking It'll for it. It'll probably be playing a few times. You can watch it. Yeah. For a limited time. I don't know why you'd want to. Oh, boy. Yeah, don't watch this. Unless you're just interested in seeing... Uh, kind of a natural evolution of a non-Christian worldview. And I don't, I don't think it's going to be episodes. I think it was just a standalone thing. That, that's a that did standalone well. Thing. Yeah. So I don't know if you need to take a break and we come back, or we're just going to. Uh, we're just blasting through. Blasting through. Now the big thing, though, one point that they did seem to make, which I think we have noticed to be. We have noticed uh, is a fairly common temptation when we deal with people who have suffered loss or we suffer loss ourselves. Mm -hmm. There's a special kind of temptation in the marriage where on both sides, it's there's a temptation to believe that the other person is doing it wrong in terms of their experience of, <laughs> you know, their experience of grief or how they're yeah. processing the whole loss and stuff, it's very easy to think, well, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it like I'm doing it. Yeah. And the other one is saying, well, why are you not doing it like I'm doing yeah. it? And, yeah. And so uh, there is some individual thing that's just really true that everybody kind of does go through grief a little bit differently depending yeah. on lots of different factors yeah. and all that. And, and as hard as it is to go through it yourself and try to keep your head on straight and, and act in accordance with your faith and not, not be swept away like we talked in the last podcast, not allow our emotions to sweep us away unrestrained. Mm-hmm. As hard as that is, I think on top of that, in a marriage, now you're watching somebody else go through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And you either believe that you're not doing it right or that you are, and but they're doing it different, which has to be wrong. And, and so there can be, there's quite a bit of potential tension. Yeah, there, it, well, I think. I think that's a hard thing for a marriage to go through. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of marriages don't go through that. You know, they they don't continue because yeah. it's just it's too much. And and like you said, people are are going through those stages of grief, and maybe not even necessarily at the same time. And yet, it's a loss both have suffered, and so you know, it's like 
what do you mean you're here? I, I'm not there. I'm not ready to be there. Right. And there really is just a lot of grace that you need in that situation to just let time do what it needs to do. Yeah. And just be okay with the fact that this is the process that God has ordained and there isn't a way to avoid it. Yeah. You really do kind of have to just go through it, whatever that looks like for you. And and, and again, not unbound, but mm-hmm. within the boundaries of, of your faith and what you know to be true. But just knowing what's true is not going to keep you from feeling certain ways and stuff like that. But I think the situation in this story where the girl is just missing and there's yeah. no resolution, there's not that she, they found, right. have found anything. Right. You know, they don't know what, That's gotta you be know, is she yeah. the little girl that lives five blocks away from me <laughs> that I never see or that is in a town 20 miles down the road? Right. You know, I think that makes it, that puts a whole other element and level on, uh, what do you do? Yeah, do I, do I mourn her loss or do I, uh. Do I fiercely hold on to the belief that everything's going to be okay? Yeah. And then, then what if my spouse has taken the other option? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of potential tension there. So, mm, no fun. No. It was the saddest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Just in terms of the grief and then... How could you end it like that? That's yeah, just terrible. It was really disappointing. Benedict was good, but... <sighs> yeah. Four thumbs down. <laughs> Four thumbs down. That's right. And feet. And toes on the feet all down. <laughs> I was counting the big toes as thumbs. I don't know how you get to four. <laughs> My two thumbs and your two oh, thumbs. Oh, okay. I thought we were both doing four thumbs. <laughs> I just have two. <laughs> there was a Seinfeld episode. Do you remember the Seinfeld episode where they thought that Jerry's girlfriend had been in an accident <laughs> and they had replaced her thumb with a toe? <laughs> Oh boy, I must be tired. More wine. <laughs> uh, well, it's good that we can laugh about something with this movie. <laughs> this little I don't episode. think that's related to the movie. Well, you have to start talking about something else. All right. <sighs> well, we should go ahead and be done then. Yeah. And you even Jordan also who watched it with us didn't like it. So it's not just us elderly yeah. people. Yeah. All right, shout out to Jordan before we close up shop. And uh, so until next time, put on the full armor of God. Take that stand, my friends. Dominionize. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network. 
and to download our free audiobooks. 